Good morning, everybody, and welcome to everybody's favorite new show on the Red Pill Project, and Happy New Year. This is Morning Coffee, a show live every morning at 8.30 a.m. Pacific, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time to bring you the news and events of the, you know, what's going on today in the morning before we start our days, just to keep track of what the heck's going on, see if, uh, see what's going on. That's it. Because uh, we like to know what's going on. We uh, here at the Red Pill Project follow everything very, very, very closely. And we review it every morning. And then every night, Monday through Thursday, we have the Daily Dose with Joshua Reed, where we discuss the unfolding global conspiracy, communism infiltrated in America, and the news and events. And uh, we really deduce what's going on and what to do and all this. So thank you, everybody, for joining. Welcome. Hope everybody's doing well. And how great did that video sound? The national anthem being sang at the top of the U.S. Capitol with just its amazing acoustics in these phenomenal buildings. It's incredible. What a beautiful video. Hope everybody had a great weekend celebrating with the loved ones and uh, is ready for their new year. Audio is repeating. My Patriot Supply is by... Uh-oh. Oh, okay, we're good. All right, everybody. Thank you. Good morning, Summer, and everybody else. Hillbilly, good to see you all. We're going to get right into things here, start our mornings off. <clears throat> we'll talk a little bit about finance here. There was a pretty big arrest. A billionaire, a billionaire developer, Lee Zhang, was arrested in London for bribery in San Francisco, and he's facing extradition. So this is kind of interesting, a big arrest happening here. This is reported by Great Game India. The San Francisco Chronicle reported in 2019 that 555 Fulton Street was following a significant delay in the, finali in the finalizing construction stage. Now the billionaire developer, Lee Zhang, has been arrested in London for bribery in San Francisco and is also facing extradition. Chinese billionaire Li Zhang, co-founder and CEO of, of Guangzhou RF Properties, was detained on November 30th in London pursuant to provisional warrant issued by the Northern California District Office of the U.S. Attorney's Office. According to Reuters, Reuters the, uh, Zhang was charged with participating in a scheme to bribe public officials between 2015 and 2020. According to Forbes, Zhang, 69, is worth $2.3 billion. He was given bail of less than 15 million pounds ahead of a judicial struggle to prevent extradition to the, to, to the U.S. He failed to appear at a hearing on December 12th. Zhang will be restricted to an apartment 24 hours a day as part of his bail conditions and will be susceptible to CCTV and security surveillance by a London investigative and security risk firm. According to a South China Morning Post, when he leaves the residence to attend court proceedings, he will be handcuffed to a representative of the security company. Really interesting. I wonder how this is going to unfold. And, you know, it's it's interesting how they, what unfolds here with these billionaires and politicians and stuff. Because, let's face it, some people are bribed, and, well, they let those bribes go, and they take their money, and they pull the strings, and things move forward. Other people, they put their bribes in, and if they're not part of the good old boys club, well, they get arrested and put into the judicial system. Even so, this is a crazy war that we're witnessing, and it's just weird. It's just odd to sit here from the sidelines, kind of, 
and watch everything behind this veil of the media putting it out you know the fake news you can't trust any of these uh, any anything you see anymore so we'll keep a we'll keep a finger on that story and see what happens with Li Zhang here pretty big though we'll see um speaking of corruption and bribing and all these kinds of things we have Sam Bankman Freed it's being reported that he is expected to plead not guilty to defrauding F, uh, FTX investors, according to multiple reports. So they're seeing they're saying he's, uh, this week he has trial and that he's going to plead not guilty. We'll see what happens there. I think they might be on point there, and we'll see where these uh, where the, this case goes. So much corruption and so much money. So uh, we'll move on here. Oops. Jeez. Oh, yeah. S New Year, same propaganda. That's what I called, or same psychological warfare, rather. New Year, same psychological warfare. That's what I call today's show, because that's kind of what, how I feel. I think it would, I thought it would be good, because uh, we are still deep in this psychological game. Expose News wrote this article about how propaganda works. One, two, three, bear with me. It looks like I'm reconnected now. Oh, isn't this great? Let me check why. Is it going to be like this? Testing, testing. Uh, bear with me. I don't know if I'm live. Testing. All right, I'm good. I'm sorry about that, you guys. Okay, well, let's get back into this. Uh, yeah, well, as I was saying... I named today's show New Year, Same Psychological Warfare. I felt, felt like that was a very good title, and I saw this article as well uh, by Expose News, and they said how propaganda works and why so many have fallen for it. Uh, I was having a conversation with one of the one of the older ladies in my neighborhood, and um, you know, talking like, "Oh, you know, how's this person? How's that person? How's the whatever?" Right? Just normal banter and conversation, and health came up and it can jabs came up and oh yeah i'm not vaccinated you know i just you know i'm not whatever and then uh oh you know but so and so's vaccinated and uh they haven't gotten their booster they're not really wanting to get it and she comes back with well you know i'm due for my uh, i'm due for my you know 100th booster next week and I know that people are getting these boosters, they're still getting sick, but I'm just going to go with it anyway. I'm just, you know, I'm still going to just go with it. And it's just like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Why? There's so much information out there. I don't know. People are just, yeah, I'm just going to go with it. And it's so heartbreaking. I mean, it's hard to break through to some people. But um, what I didn't get was, oh my goodness, you need to get it. It was more of like, oh yeah, I understand why you wouldn't want to get it, but I'm going to get it. <laughs> it was just like, ignore. Ignore. Don't talk about the truth. It might contradict my brainwashing. And then what do I do? Right? Holy smokes. So let's see a little bit of what, what they said about brainwashing here. Since March 2020, a va the vast majority of people all over the world have willingly, without question or resistance, gave up their most basic rights and been blindly obeying the draconian measures of increasingly authoritarian, quote-unquote, liberal democracies and their utterly absurd rules. The persistent, uniform propaganda of government and mainstream media, as well as the human mind, 
are cited as causes by those who study this process retroactively. This article takes these two things to shine a light on the, uh, on the present predicament. Those who continue to turn a blind eye and refuse to deal with the traumas that have led to their passivity up to a point are complicit in the rising tyranny and potential dystopian developments. Politicians and the media have used sophisticated propaganda techniques to successfully misinform and, uh, and delusion the majority of the public. Many people, for instance, are unaware that the PCR test examines just snippets of the virus and not infections, and that the PCR test frequently yields false positive tests. The PCR test is useless from a medical perspective because it does not detect infections, but it must be utilized to justify the lockdown procedures. As such, it provides cover for a wide range of negative outcomes, including the alienation of the old, the bullying of children, the destruction of the economy, and the isolation of both. Yeah. Man, I, I saw an article this morning that was, uh, you know, one of these never forget what they put us through kind of things from a couple years ago. And it was an opinion piece written by a leftist person that was like, it should be okay to bully kids who aren't vaccinated. We should tolerate the bullying of the conspiracy theorists. And I'm just like, holy mackerel, this is crazy radical rhetoric. And that's what we see. That's what we saw. That's what we still see. It's so sad, man. So this stuff's continuing. Um, the government is either stupid or malicious if it refuses to notice these links or pur purposefully conceals them, causing severe damage. And I assume we all know that they are indeed not stupid, but just uh, employ countless useful idiot politicians. Yeah, I don't think they're stupid. Mm-hmm. Stirring up fear, obedience, the pressure to comply, the psychological implications of evolution, and more. They go deeply into all of this psychological warfare in this article. I thought it was pretty good. I could share it with you guys if you want to go deeper down that article. Pretty good that people are writing these types of things. Let's get on here. Um, Elon Musk tweeted that we can expect Fauci files this week from Twitter's drops of information. So we'll see what that entails. Um, it's good. Elon Musk is doing good things on Twitter. Uh, I can't say this is going to be, you know, this is going to turn the tides and it's all uphill from here. No, I think it's going to just release some more information, start the conversation again about Fauci and his complicity, compl complacency and all this. Uh, we'll see if there's anything new that gets released in these files. At least there will be a little bit more information to back up what we've been saying for so long. So, I look forward to seeing those Fauci files get dropped on Twitter this week. And just so you guys can see the proof here, here's uh, Elon Musk in a response to somebody asking about this. Uh, they said, waiting for the Fauci files. And he said later this week, yesterday. So, stand by for that. I don't know if it'll be tomorrow or it'll be towards the end of the week, but we'll see. This is interesting. A new group of students launch a nation launch nationwide to build Ye's movement for a presidential campaign. They call themselves Students for Ye. Here's a quote from them. We can revolutionize the campus conservative move movement if Ye runs for president. Oh my god. 
really. I don't know if this is conservative conservative movement. I I I, I really I guess um, people could debate me on that, but I feel like this is not good. So, young supporters of Ye, the rapper formerly known as Kanye West, are launching a nation a nationwide organization called Students for Ye to advocate for the anti-Bolshevik rapper's potential 2024 presidential campaign. Ye has galvanized young people across America with his bold comments exposing Bolshevik media manipulation and the culture of censorship that targets anyone who speaks out against their parasitical establishment. Students for Ye launched quietly and quickly, racked up hundreds of inter- interested potential members. Daniel Schmidt serves as the national as the group's national chairman. Luke Hogan serves as the national vice chairman, and Sean McCrossin serves as social media lead. The organization is growing quick is quickly growing and taking on campaign initiatives, offering an online informational survey for college students interested in supporting the A24 campaign. They've also opened up a page on Gab and a Yay War Room. Unaffiliated with the pro-Yay student group is operational with videos popping up on social media touting Yay as a truth teller. So this is um you know what? Uh, this has bad news written all over it, in my opinion, and I don't want anything to do with it. I don't trust Kanye West. As a matter of fact, I don't really trust anybody at this point, right? Can't even trust what you see with your own eyes in a video online anymore because of deep fakes. Can't trust anything. It's crazy. And this really seems like it could be um, an opportunity for, um, like, hypothetically some type of organization infiltrating it and uh taking control of these radicalized people these diehard yay fans um or maybe they're not radicalized but they could be and they utilize this movement in order to do so let's be honest here this is stupid Kanye West as president is a stupid idea, and I'm going to stick by that idea. That's how I feel today. You know, ask me tomorrow. Maybe I'll change my mind as things progress, but this does not seem right to me. This is red flags going off in my head, and as this is going on, we have an an unprecedented, enormous spike in anti-Semitism at U.S. colleges. So at the same time, where all these students for Yay are getting together, they're also we also see this rise in anti-Semitism, and I think a lot of that stems from Yay over the past months and years. Uh, WND reports: College campuses saw a significant spike in anti-Semitism over the past year, as universities continue to miss the mark when it comes to protecting Jewish students from anti-Semitism, according to several Jewish experts and advocates. In the 2021-2022 school year, threats of Jewish threats to Jewish identity on college campuses doubled from 114 incidents the year before to 228 incidents, while incidents of suppression of Jewish identity almost tripled from 37 to 123, according to a report from the AHCHA Initiative, a pro-Israel college campus organization. Experts and organizations that work extensively with Jewish college students told the Daily Caller News Foundation that the attempts to remove Israel from Jewish identity on college campuses is at the root of the spike. It's really interesting that we see this war against Jews. We really do. It's, it's, I think it's a part of this destabilization plan. And I, 
I really do. So that's that's it, and that's that. And I think Ye is a proponent of it. And I'm not saying, you know, I think, yeah, I don't want to go into the whole Ye and Jews and all this stuff, but this is a problem. You need to be accepting of everybody no matter what. Um, and I'm not saying anything, so don't put words in my mouth. I'm just leaving it at that. It's a very complex issue, I'll say this. But I think it is an issue nonetheless. Yeah, red flags all the way. Let's get away from yay. Not my favorite topic. Um, we see uh, countries like Germany and uh, others in Europe, France here in this example coming up, just in trouble when it comes to energy and the war that's progressing in Ukraine and Russia. Here we have an article from Creative Destruction Media that says France faces blackouts amid nuclear power plant issues. You know, we used to have little issues here and there and be able to overcome them when, you know, things were good and we were getting fuel. We had plenty to go around, but now any little hiccup is a huge problem. While much of Europe has been facing an energy crisis leading into war, France appeared to be one of the most reliable energy suppliers in Western Europe, but that has changed in recent months as the country has been forced to take several of its nuclear power plants offline. Now, the once energy-stable country is facing a bleak possibility of blackouts if temperatures dip in the coming weeks. If temperatures... <laughs> really? Oh my gosh. Well, um, newsflash, temperatures are going to dip. And they're going to rise after that when we get back to summer. The looming energy crisis does not bode well for other European countries that rely on France for some of their energy production. Germany and the UK would be directly affected if France experiences an energy shortage. Oh, wow. So here we go. I think it's safe to assume energy power outages are going to be happening globally in the coming year and years. So prepare accordingly. Food, water, shelter, water filtration, first aid, medicine, entertainment. All of the above is needed. Um, so this is still continuing here. Uh, Pope Benedict XVI has died at the age of 95. LifeSite News reported this. Many reported it, but this is interesting. Pope Benedict XVI had been living a life of retirement in the Vatican grounds since he resigned from the papacy, February 28, 2013. His reign as pope was just under eight years. Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI has died at age 95. The Holy See Press Office announced this new, the news this morning, um, December 31st. With director Matteo Bruni writing, quote, With sorrow, I inform you that the Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI has passed away today at 934 in the Master Ecclesiae Monastery in the Vatican. Bruni added that the that, quote, further information will be provided as soon as possible. Um, interesting, interesting stuff. This guy was, I don't know much about this this Catholic stuff and the popes and all this, I do know that it appears to be deeply corrupted and, and, uh, wild stuff, but there's some pictures of this fellow. Just, he looks so evil. I don't know if he's a good guy or what, but man, this is pretty crazy. He, no, he just died. 
pretty sure. Oh no, is this a Mandela effect? Uh oh. No. <laughs> the Pope Mandela's us. Um, I saw some people talking about like, what does this mean? Uh, what's going on? I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, I'll have to get with some of my Catholic friends and see if we could figure out what's going on here. Thank you, Fudgy, for the Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year uh, left Maryland as well. It's going to be a wild ride indeed. The wrong Pope died. Yasha, how dare you? <laughs> oh my goodness, that's funny. Uh, and uh, dark. Alright, thank you guys for contributing to donating during the live show here for those listening live. Uh, thank you, DeSelt, for the diamond and the New Year wishes. Happy New Year's to you as well, and thank you. Uh, Summer with a diamond as well. Thank you, Summer. And Lisa with an ice cream. Thank you, Lisa. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for your contributions and donations. All right, let's move on here. <laughs> yeah, if you guys have any opinions or thoughts on this Pope stuff, um, maybe we could discuss it tonight in the Zoom room after the Daily Dose. Also, maybe Josh has some uh, thoughts on it too. So tune in tonight at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time and we could see there as well so we'll figure we'll get to the bottom of this stuff i haven't done a ton of research and reading or anything like that over the weekend i really unplugged so i'm just getting back into this stuff like last night and this morning and reading a little bit but we'll figure out what the heck's going on all right everything's moving towards electric they're like this is the solution put a battery in everything just don't look at the immoral slave mines. Don't look at that. But we need electric everything. And we have electric garbage trucks in New York, apparently. And Natural News reported that uh, they're not that great, apparently. Let's see what they said. Electric garbage trucks in New York fail. After just four hours, <laughs> gas is what gets the job done, they say. Oh my gosh, all the snow that Arctic Blast Elliot brought to the north Northeast has driven a nail into the coffin of New York City's misguided plans to convert all garbage trucks and snow plows in the city to electric. It was discovered that the vehicles just aren't power enough, powerful enough to plow snow. In four hours or less, the electric vehicles vehicle trucks lose power and die, which is not what you want to happen in the middle of a winter storm. The Big Apple's continued efforts efforts to go green are again and again being met with reality, which shows that electric vehicle technology is not going to work as a replacement for gas. In order to get the job done, garbage trucks that can also plow snow must be powered by fuels such as diesel. Batteries will not cut it, though New York City's Department of Sanitation is still going to try. In addition to the 6,000 gas-powered garbage trucks that the city currently has in its fleet, another seven electric-powered loaders custom-made by Mac will soon be joining them. Each of these electric vehicle garbage trucks costs more than half a million dollars, to be ex 523000 to be exact, and they are still in the order pipeline for deliveries soon, despite the revelation that they just will not work. 
We found that they could not plow the snow effectively. They basically conked out after a few hours, after four hours, announced Sanitation Commissioner Jessica Tisch before the New York City Council earlier this month. We need them to go 12 hours. Given the current state of technology, I don't see today a path forward to fully electrifying the rear loader portion of the fleet by 2040. Uh-oh. You mean going completely green by 2040 or 2050 or, you know, name your... Name your um, Waypoint isn't going to work. No, it's not. They're going to start replacing these things, and it's just going to put us in shittier and shittier situations. This is terrible. And we could have told you this if you looked at the the, the trucks that are electric that can't tow things far. And yeah, I mean, this isn't. This shouldn't be a surprise. The information's there. We know what the capabilities are of these electric vehicles, and we don't want them. Let's face it. Yeah, are they fun to drive? Are they fast? Yes, 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 yes. But it's not for me. Especially when you're trying to just ban gas. No, no it's not going to work. It's crazy. Uh, what else? Um, we have Carrie Lake uh, coming in with a petition. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. A little bit of background noise here, but bear with me. So Carrie Lake files a petition to take appeal to the Arizona Supreme Court. The Maricopa County Court has dismissed eight of Lake's ten er counts early last week. This is reported by Just the News here. Arizona GOP gubernatorial candidate Carrie Leake has filed a petition to transfer her appeal to the Arizona Supreme Court after her election fraud lawsuit was dismissed. Lake filed the petition January 1st. The state's Maricopa County Court last week dismissed eight of Lake's ten counts. Two of the counts, which involved Election Day ballot printing issues and procedural errors, were brought for a two-day trial that did not go in her favor. I am still standing up for people of this state, Lake said on former White House advisor Steve Bannon's War Room TV show on the Real America's Voice streaming platform. Lake has not allegedly Lake has not allegedly widespread voter fraud cost her the election. Oh my gosh, this does not make sense. I think Lake's has not alleged widespread voter fraud had cost her the election, but argues problems with the state's election system contributed to her narrow loss. Maricopa Judge Peter Thompson has also rejected a request by Democrat gubernatorial candidate Katie Hobbs who was declared the winner of the race to sanction Lake for the lawsuit. However, he ordered her to reimburse Hobbs for some trial costs with interest. So this battle continues. You know, we could all just hope and pray that this brings some accountability to this election fraud. And well, I guess she's not even saying fraud. These election errors within the system, these election uh, shortcomings, <laughs> XRP Leatherneck said, I guess the only thing, the only good thing to come out of the electric trucks not working is proof that it is a waste. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in Minnesota, Teslas are failing in our winter. Yeah, they their uh, batteries become less efficient and it's just bad, man. And here we have the Biden administration still going after these guns in every way they can, especially spooky ghost guns. 
blacklisted news reports here that the Biden administration expands crackdown on ghost guns. The Biden administration has dialed up its crackdown on so-called ghost guns by issuing guidance that basically expands the definition of what readily converted means in a new federal rule and making more do-it-yourself pistol parts subject to restrictions. Yeah, just anything to do with firearms. Restrict, restrict, restrict. My God. Well, you know what? Everybody buy legal, legal guns, and we'll go with that for now. But yeah, this is unconstitutional, according to many. But they're not going to stop because they don't want a well-armed society. Especially if they try to go crazy and, you know, kill everybody. Uh, hypothetically. Um, here we go. Technofog tweeted this. I thought this was pretty interesting. I wanted to put it on all of our radars here. Um, this law is much darker than they let on. They said California is now a sanctuary state for those charged with mutilating children. In section nine here, it says, uh, or section nine, section 819 is added to the penal code to read. And part B is... California law enforcement agencies shall not knowingly make or participate in the arrest or participate in any extradition of an individual pursuant to an out-of-state arrest warrant for violation of another state's law against providing, receiving, or allowing a child to receive gender-affirming health care. And gender-affirming mental health care in the state if the care is lawful if the care is lawful under the laws of the state to the fullest extent permitted by federal law. Wow. So basically it's just providing protection for these crazy things um, when it comes to gender affirming care, which is creepy stuff. Yeah, so that's what they're that's the direction they're going with this stuff. I want to pull this back up actually. We have Senator Scott Weiner saying that tonight at midnight SB 107 goes to an effect and California officially becomes a state of refugee for trans kids and their families as red states pursue hundreds of laws criminalizing LGBTQ people with incitement of violence all too common. California stands strong as a beacon of hope. Oh my gosh, so this is exactly what they're talking about. Okay, Scott, good for you, buddy. Yeah, so it's interesting. They're providing essentially a sanctuary state for uh, victims of this gender mutilation stuff. It's not good. It's not good. Um, speaking of things that aren't good, we have Chicago is still functioning as a, a city, barely. At least 30 people have been shot over New Year's weekend in Mayor Lightfoot's Chicago. 30? That is much higher than their daily average. The daily average, I believe, is two. Two people shot per day and killed in Chicago. Don't quote me on that. I think that's accurate, though. 30 in the weekend. Absolutely terrible. These are Democrat cities for you. Oh my gosh, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Breitbart News reported 12 people were shot, two of them fatally. 
Friday through Saturday morning alone, ABC7, Chicago Sun-Times, noted that one person was injured and another was killed during a shootout at the Lion's Den Hookah Lounge early Sunday morning. The suspect who opened fire on the two individuals was able to flee before police arrived. Another man was shot and killed inside a business quote, in the 2100 block of West Division Street around 1.30 a.m. Sunday. The suspect in that shooting also fled before police arrived. Four people were shot while sitting inside a silver Kia in the 5600 block of South Prairie about 1 p.m. Sunday. Police arrived to find that one of the shooting victims, a teen who was driving the Kia, succumbed to his wounds. Rest in peace. Wow. The Kia was allegedly targeted by occupants of another vehicle. No kidding. A 52-year-old man was shot dead while standing on a sidewalk in the 5,000 block of West Superior Avenue Sunday afternoon about 4.20 p.m. A vehicle pulled up near him and someone inside the vehicle opened fire, fatally wounding him. A 9-year-old boy died Sunday after being shot inside the home in the 9400 block of South Wallace Street. Police are investigating the circumstances of the shooting incident. At least 723 people were murdered in Mayor Lightfoot, Chicago during 2022. 723 people were murdered in Chicago during 2022. Two per day. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So this is why people are leaving these cities and going elsewhere. It's just not feasible. It's pointless. Who wants? There's no reason to be in Chicago and put yourself in this danger or any other radical leftist crazy Democrat city. That's so much violence. Yeah, but we're not allowed to have guns, but all these criminals are just, you know, randomly shooting people sometimes and all this crime is happening. Yeah, right. Get out of here. Um... This is weird. The Gateway Pundit, uh, Summer shared this this morning. Illegal immigrant activists pretend to be crucified outside of Texas courthouse over the Title 42 ruling. This is some crazy stuff. Talk about some psychological protesting here. A large number of illegal immigrants coupled with activists marched their way from Sacred Heart Church in Segundo Barrio, Texas, all the way to the El Paso County Courthouse. Many of the illegal immigrants who were interviewed by KXAN Austin claim they are protesting over living in inhumane conditions. Others told the news outlets they are protesting over the Supreme Court ruling of Title 42. Two men gathered at the protest went as far as, as tying themselves to crosses and had the heading Title 42 above their heads. Good googly moogly. I'm trying to pull these pictures up. Um, they really want to make them tiny. Let's see if we can zoom in. Get out of here. Miguel, let's see if I could pull. So here they are. They're pretending to be crucified on these crosses with Title 42 above them. You know, this is crazy, man. In December, the Supreme Court blocked the Biden administration's plans to lift Title 42, 
Title 42 was originally made into law during World War II to maintain public health and safety in the country. It gives the federal government the liberty to prevent the spread of diseases by limiting migration and immigration. <laughs> yeah, the Mother Fulker on Twitter says, Seriously, you're here illegally. This is ridiculous. And I do agree with that. More recently, Trump used Title 42 to stop mass immigration into the U.S. in order to prevent... Uh, I'm sorry, in order to preserve public health. This is an invasion. It really is. Let's see, we can see some bigger images here, maybe. Uh, maybe not. Come on. Is this video dead? Uh, I know there's no sound playing here, and it won't let me skip forward, will it? No, it won't. Wow, they make you watch the whole video. What? Those sons of guns. All right, we'll move on. New York. This is creepy. Washington State already does this, by the way, I, I do believe. But New York begins composting human remains in order to, quote-unquote, combat climate change, according to News Punch. Yeah, you heard that right. Composting human remains for climate change. New York will begin composting dead bodies instead of buying them or cremating them. Uh, I'm sorry, instead of burying them or cremating them as part of a World Economic Forum initiative to combat climate change. New York is now the sixth state in America that has legalized human composting. The Gateway Pundit reports the bill was introduced by Democrat State Assembly member Amy Pollan and Democrat State Senator Leroy Comrie. Leroy Comrie or Leroy Comrie. It states that, quote, natural organic reduction accelerates the process of biological decomposition in an above ground container, naturally cover converting human remains to soil. The method will provide New Yorkers with the option of choosing an environmentally sustainable and cost effective alternative to burial and cremation. Natural organic reduction was legalized in Washington state in 2019 and is currently going through legislative efforts in other states. The process takes 60 days and works by placing a person's remains in a vessel and filling it with a mix of wood chips, alfalfa, and straw. The New York State Catholic Conference has vehement, vehemently opposed the bill. Rightly so. This stuff, I this has bad news written all over it. I'm not into it. I don't care how great it is. I don't want my food grown with human remains. I just don't. Um, and let's face it, this whole green agenda is garbage, bulk, fake, full of fake news and false information anyway. So the uh, the reason for doing it is baloney. Anyway, disgusting, man. And when we have these fertilizer shortages and things, watch, they're going to be like, oh, we need to use our human remains in order to grow our food. Otherwise, you know, you don't care about the climate and we're going to fine you. Yeah. This is disgusting stuff, man. All right. World War Three. It really could pop off and escalate further at any moment is how I feel about the situation. Um, and it is continuing forward. We don't see peace yet. We'd like to see peace, but it doesn't seem like anybody wants to budge at all. Ukraine doesn't want to budge. Russia doesn't want to budge. 
nobody involved wants to budge. So here we are. Russia reveals new level of gas supplies to China. Oops. This is just further movement with the BRICS nations here and part of the trade war and the division of the world. Gazprom has provided more of the fuel to the Asian country than contractually obligated. Russian energy major Gazprom has reached a fundamentally new level of gas exports to China. The company's CEO, Alinsky Miller, announced on Monday over the past year, deliveries regularly exceeded contractual obligations at Beijing's request, Miller explained in a statement on the company's Telegram channel. On December 31, a few days after this, uh, a few days ahead of schedule, we started to supply daily volumes that are contracted for next year. This means that from January 1st, 2023, Gazprom has reached a fundamentally new level of supplying gas to China. The power of um, Russian supply Russian supplies gas to the Asian nations via the power of S Siberia pipeline. Gazprom intends to further increase deliveries to China with more gas transportation routes planned. Despite the boost in trade with Beijing, however, Gazprom says its overall export volume drop, dropped by roughly 45% last year compared to 2021, and its production fell about 20%. TASS news agency reported on Monday, citing its own calculations based on the figures provided by the Gazprom CEO. The company's supplies to Europe, its largest customer, were halted last year in the aftermath of anti-Russia sanctions and explosions damaging the two Nord Stream gas pipelines. <laughs> I remember that one. The ones that they refused to share the information from the investigation on, and the ones where everything pointed directly to the U.S. and the U.K. Uh-oh. NASA chief sounds the alarm. The Chinese moon base may soon be over our heads. Western reported that. Uh, we'll see what goes on there. Who says there isn't already bases on the moon, though? Huh? How about that? So this is kind of just, I think, uh, what they call fear porn. But, you know, we are going to see advancements into space, some of which could be bases on the moon by other countries. Yes. So we'll see. Um, NATO security, I'm sorry, NATO secretary general says that Ukraine needs more weapons. This is rmx.news. Here we go. The military situation will define the terms of any peace. Stoltenberg said, okay. NATO needs to keep up its weapons deliveries to, to Ukraine this year, Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg told German news agency DPA. It is in all our security interests that Ukraine prevails and the Russian president does not win, Stoltenberg told DPA, adding that he expects members of the alliance system to supply Ukraine with more weapons. Yeah, no. How about we stop sending all the weapons? That's what I think we should do. How much money do you think the U.S. is going to send Ukraine this year? How much money do you think the U.S. is going to send over to Ukraine this year? Cash. and Or also the value of um, cash or the value of weaponry sent. 
I think it's going to be just ridiculous, especially with inflation. I would, I imagine hundreds of billions, hundreds of billions of dollars worth of cash and weapons. I think they're going to really push this stuff forward. They're not stopping. This is probably going to really escalate. Could be. Could, it could. And I think that's kind of where my head's at. I think it will. But who knows? Hopefully not. We could see some peaceful resolutions here. I hope so. Brazil's Lula inaugurated inaugurated as new president after Bolsonaro Bolsonaro reportedly fled to Florida home of an MMA fighter. So this is interesting here. Let's take a quick look, see what's going on in Brazil. Brazilian leftist Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva was inaugurated as president Sunday. <clears throat> with his uh, far-right predecessor, Jair Bolsonaro, notably absent. Bolsonaro, now lacking presidential immunity, reportedly departed for the U.S. on Friday, still without conceding after defeat since October's election. Bolsonaro repeatedly plans to stay in Florida for at least a month, according to the New York Times, renting the Orlando home of a professional MMA fighter a few miles from Disney World. In a speech to Brazil's Congress Sunday, Lula went after the on outgoing president of Latin America's largest country, accusing Bolsonaro of wielding anti-democratic threats following the most fraught election in a generation and promising to hold members of his administration to account. Quote, we do not carry any spirit of revenge against those who tried to subjugate the nation to their personal and ideological designs, but we guarantee the rule of law, Lula said. According to Reuters, the, uh, without mentioning Bolsonaro by name, quote, those who erred will answer for their errors. Just a nice little veiled threat there. Um, this is fascinating, man. Uh, the world keeps turning. This isn't, I don't there's. I don't think this is good, but here we are. I don't think any of this is good. Let's be fair. Do we have any good news? Actually, we do, uh, just after this story. So we have Japan <clears throat> on this World War III topic. Japan scrambled its fighter jets after Japanese defense ministry said it spotted a Chinese military drone near the Japanese islands of Okinawa and Miyakojima. 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 So, just more scrambling, more drones over there. Not good, but here we are. So, let's continue here. That was reported by the Insider Paper, by the way. Here's the good news for the day. I guess, but it leads to a lot of depressing news. Just 5.5% of Americans aged 18 to 24 have received the bivalent COVID-19 booster, according to data from the CDC, while 66% of the same age group received the initial COVID-19 vaccine. All right. Yeah, so more and more people are refusing to get these experimental gene editing therapies, which is fantastic news. Thank you, Dr. Kat Lindley, for posting this at KL Veritas on Twitter uh, and also linking to the CDC's uh, COVID data tracker, um, utilizing their own data against their own narrative. Nobody wants experimental mRNA jabs. Less and less people want it. This is good. 
Meanwhile, everybody already did get it, so I think the damage largely is already done. At least it's going to be coming to a stop at some point, um, seems like. But we have the NA, uh, NBA player blowing the whistle. Thousands of athletes have died from COVID shots. They said, let's see what News Punch has reported on this. Former NBA player John Stockton has warned that thousands of professional athletes have dropped dead as a result of taking the experimental COVID jabs. Stockton, former, former point guard for the Utah Jazz, so, joined the Sideline Sanity podcast for an interview to address the issues of athletes dropping dead suddenly and unexpectedly. Okay. Infowars.com reported, I think it's pretty much on record. There's 150, I think it's now over 100, professional athletes dead. Professional athletes in the prime of their life, dropping dead, vaccinated. Right on the field of play, right on the field, right on the court, Stockton had said last year. So he continues to just absolutely speak the truth. Let's see. Um, well, we had a lot of deaths over the weekend, one of which were um, Boo, Gangsta Boo, 3-6 Mafia's member Boo, died is dead at age 43 possible overdose they say according to tmz.com but who knows sources connected to gangsta boo tell tmz the rapper's death appears to be drug appears to be drug related we're told gangsta was with her brother last night in a concert in memphis and that her sibling started to overdose sometime in the night requiring hospitalization well whether it's overdose or whether it's jabs we have multiple things going on here either way this is terrible um number one those drugs probably came from across the open borders if it was in fact an overdose maybe it was fentanyl who knows uh if it was not and this is a cover-up well this is a jab death who knows the truth we can't actually know can we we can only uh guess i guess without all the facts in front of us we have another um, doctor who has dropped dead. Um, let's take a look at this one. Child jabbing Australian doctor drops dead after adverse reaction from the COVID jab. Australian physician Dr. Wilson Chin, an aggressive promoter of COVID jabs for children, dropped dead last week after getting vaccinated for COVID. Chin relentlessly promoted jabs and was one of the first physicians to start injecting children under the age of 12 after Pfizer's experimental mRNA jab was approved for children age 5 through 11. The first two girls that Chin injected developed immediate convulsions and it was initially believed that they died at his clinic. Chin was quick to tell reporters that the girls were fine and that their adverse reactions had nothing to do with the vaccinations they had just received from him. Oh my gosh, so this essentially appears to be some kind of creepy murderer, uh, probably completely delusional. This is crazy, this is crazy, but he's passed away, so a lot of people are probably going to celebrate that fact, unfortunately, with what he's done. It's just really um, unimaginable. Um, and we have another one. Fully jabbed radio host Dory Monson drops dead after suffering massive heart attack. May they rest in peace. Um, you know, nobody deserves this, but let's see what this says. Fully drabbed conservative radio host Dory Monson died suddenly and unexpectedly Saturday night after suffering a massive heart attack. He was 61. 
Kiro News Radio described Monson as a longtime watchdog of government and social issues and said the station is working to create on air tributes. SeattleTimes.com reports a written statement from Bonville International, which owns Kiro FM, said Monson suffered a cardiac event at home Thursday and was hospitalized. Monson attended the University of Washington and worked at King TV and King Radio before joining Kiro in the early 1990s. Um, I think this is probably like conservative light fella, you know. I work in radio and I'm going to get jabbed, but I'm conservative. No, he's probably like one of these rhino types, but I'm, I mean, he's dead for fuck's sake. I'll let him, let him be, but so sad. So sad. Yeah, we just see it over and over again. We're kind of keeping track here as many are because we, we see this unfolding and and we're living it too, right? So make sure we take care of our health and all this stuff. Um, as the days go forward into this year, health needs to be one of our key things. I know a lot of people are like, my New Year's resolution is to lose a thousand pounds and to become ripped and have a six pack and I'm going to quit smoking and I'm going to quit drinking and then I'm going to also become a multi-billionaire. Um, and it's hard to keep track of all of them, but we really do need to focus on health. So if you're going to do anything, health is a great thing to focus on. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of us have been and will continue to do that, but yeah, this stuff's real, man. Stuff is certainly real. All right, you guys. That's all that I have for today. I've got a lot of stuff to do today. Um, Joshua Reed is, I think he's recording the Dark Shade Light Show right now, so we'll publish that here in a little bit, maybe in about a half hour or so. If you guys want to catch the Dark to Light Show, Josh's morning radio show with himself and uh, uh, who, who does he have as a co-host now? Uh, Jim, Jim, Jim Price. Yeah, Joshy Reed and Jim Price on the Dark Delight Show. We'll publish that here in a little bit on everywhere you can get your podcast, the Dark Delight Show. Also, tune in tonight, 5.30 p.m. Pacific time for The Daily Dose. That's live Monday through Thursday. Joshua Reed will be there tonight, possibly with myself. And we'll continue this conversation, look at what's going on, look at what unfolded during throughout the day. Thank you for hitting those plus signs and hearts and thumbs up and whatevers and shares over on all the social media. And for tuning in to Morning Coffee, we will be, oh, uh, yeah, we will be live again tomorrow morning at the same place, same time. Actually, we were a little late today. We'll be live at 8.30 a.m. Pacific tomorrow with more coffee. Um, thank you, Light Time, for the three lemons. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and enjoying the show. I hope to see you guys over there on the social network. It doesn't cost you a dime to join socialredpill.com. Head over there and sign up. Socialredpill.com. It's a good time. Take care, everybody. God bless and God speed. <laughs>